Welcome everybody to another in our MarTech interview series. On today's show, we have Kara Dake of CleverTap. This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. I come downstairs and I overhear my, my mum and dad talking in our native Farsi that, you know, potentially we might lose our, our, our last shop and we've always had stores growing up. I guess I was just in my own little bubble enjoying my, my job in music and I didn't really realise that potentially our, our house was on the line. We both knew something had to change. I genuinely firmly believed in the digital process, in, in getting our garments seen online. I knew we needed help and I knew we needed a platform to help get our content seen and our message heard. The first campaign that we engaged with AdRoll returned 27 times the ROI. I can turn back and say to Dad, look, look what we've accomplished. To learn more about how Nav Salemian turned his family business into a global retail brand, visit adroll.com slash martech. That's A-D-R-O-L-L dot com slash martech. Well, welcome everybody back to MarTech Interviews. Today I have Kara Dake. Kara is the VP of Growth and Partnerships at CleverTap. Uh, CleverTap, you may have seen on MarTech. We've, we've actually uh, done a product bio on, on CleverTap and it really helps uh, customers harness it. And, and Kara, you can of course correct me if I, if I don't explain it right, but really it helps mobile app uh, creators and companies to, to engage, deepen the engagement and retain uh, their users with a ton of different, you know, insights and AI tools and everything else. Would that be, would that be appropriate? That is very good description there, Doug. I'm impressed. Woo-hoo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for having me. Yeah. Hi everybody. Kara here and excited to do a little deep dive in here with you on all things mobile retention and um, drop in some information on the MarTech side that should hopefully strengthen um, your understanding of what's happening in the world of machine learning and AI. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and two, uh, I'm you know, so very honored to have you on board because you're also just an incredible leader in the female tech space as well. So thanks for all your work there. Oh, yeah, it's been fun. And it's really been great to see over the last three or four years that I've been active in the women in tech and women in mobile spaces to see how much it's balanced. And you know, we, there's, most conferences now have at least 50% female speakers and I, I seeing all the support that men are giving as well. So it's, it's a really fun time to see this happening in tech. That's awesome. I, I always joke with people um, that, you know, as a marketer myself, I work with probably 90% women. Really? <laughs> and, and then when I go to a conference, it's 90% men. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder what is going on here. So I love hearing that from a woman's viewpoint. I love hearing that we're starting to balance things out. That's, that's absolutely critical, you know, if you want to succeed as a company. Yeah. We're getting well, there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, your current role, and what, what got you there. Yeah, so I have been with CleverTap for three and a half years since we launched in the U.S. Uh, CleverTap launched in 2013 in India and had a pretty big U.S. launch. So I was excited to join 
as product evangelists originally. And um, I live in LA and I'm very active in LA tech. And that kind of made a lot of sense for us to um, launch. You know, I was supporting the launch efforts there in LA. And then the role grow, grew to you know, manage more of our internal B2B marketing strategies as well as support our customers on their mobile growth strategies. And it's just been such a fun ride to see us grow as a company from you know, initially targeting startups to now more mid, mid-market and enterprise. And our sales and marketing teams are really um, scaling up to support that. And I, I'm excited about our technology. So um, that that's fun to see when we have a pretty strong tech tech tool. Just trying to honing honing it in for everyone to be able to understand it, um, and that's also fun. And my background, I I've been in tech for I think almost eight years. I was working on Wall Street before that, back in New York, back in the day, and uh, enjoy working with companies you know in tech a lot more. So been very active in consumer tech specifically and mobile. That's incredible. And, and clever tap, of course, uh, for people that haven't heard, you know, they, they help consumer brands retain their users for life. Um, you have 4,000 global brands, which is absolutely incredible, including star Sony Domino's Vodafone. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. So, um, Yeah, and, and of course, for information, we'll have it in the show notes as well, but people can visit uh, clever dot, uh, clevertap.com uh, and, and get information there. Now, the, the entire genre, I guess, of, uh, is you guys call it growth marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and how, do you, you know, how do you look at growth marketing? You know, what's the perspective from a Clevertap standpoint? That's a fun question, and I know that um, I love that you're – talking about MarTech here and everyone's seen the MarTech uh, infographic with how many players there are in the space, right? So I always uh, empathize with um, brands that are looking to assess the landscape. So I, I, it's nice to help position it up. So for your listeners that are kind of trying to figure out what what tools they need and where CleverTap and others would fit in, um, you, know, you want to kind of think of it across the whole funnel. So you've got tools that help on the attribution side. And I, I'll mention I'm really speaking around mobile mostly yep. here. Um, so although there's other tools that apply to both, as, as CleverTuff does both web and mobile. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of our companies here have, have, have multiple components and are omni-channel. So it's, um, it's really great to have a tool that unifies um, a lot of these different um, marketing MarTech tools. So if you kind of think of it like a hub and spoke of sorts, right? You want to have a, an engine that can then pl- have other MarTech tools that can plug into it. So as I mentioned at top of the funnel, you would have um, tools in the attribution space that could help you uh, identify where your users are coming from and do all the tracking um, on the UA user acquisition side. So we like tools like Adjust, and Apps Flyer, Kuchava, mm-hmm. you've heard these, and they are different than what we do is because we, we really only start to track what's mostly happening in-app post-download, but we link up with them. Um, so that's, that's a great tool, and, and then, or that's definitely something you'd want to look at tracking, obviously, and then Branch is another great tool that we work, a company that we work with that does a lot around deep linking. Um, and I can talk about what deep linking is because we get more into the strategies in a little bit. Yeah. And then having 
tools. Um, well, then you can work with different uh, MMPs to uh, support your mobile advertising um, initiatives, and that's that's really great to to use tools like Liftoff and others. Um, there's some new tools that are great on the AI side for managing your Facebook acquisitions um, campaigns that can help. You know, there may be a little more intelligent than a single person. We love Lightning AI, and I'm just sharing these because I want to set up a framework for you. So yeah. Can, yeah, because sometimes it's, it's, it's even difficult for me to keep up with all the tools out there. Absolutely. Uh, and then there's CleverTap, and we're in the mobile analytics and engagement space. So we are able to track everything that's happening within your app after someone downloads it. And then we have a full suite of engagement features. So basically all the ways that you can get users to come back and using your app. And if you've heard some of the stats out there, they're not pretty, but you know, 90% of apps are downloaded and never used again. Wow. Um, as you can kind of figure from your own experience, right? I mean, we're in MarTech and mobile, so we might not be the exact demo of our, our customers. So we're probably pretty active downloading different apps, but the majority of people are not. They just have the same apps on their app screens now. Maybe they'll put in a couple new ones based on utility. So it's it's rough out there. It's comp competitive, but not but when you you know set up a uh, a retention engine of sorts with these strategies we'll get into, that will definitely help increase the likelihood of them staying. Well, and I, I can imagine, well, I, I think nowadays, you know, the expense of actually developing a mobile app and trying to go, you know, national or international with it, you know, is, is basically a six digit, seven digit endeavor for a large corporation. And so, you know, if you're not paying attention to how it's utilized and you're not paying attention to the customers that you're targeting and whether or not they retain uh, you you can make a really really expensive mistake, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so plan ahead, and if you're a startup, you know, do the best that you can, and model off of what some of the bigger players are doing, and anticipate that you will likely spend quite a bit on your acquisition, um, so you know, to acquire the new users. But make sure you've got your retention campaign set up right away. So there are critical windows of time. Um, that you want to think about when you're most likely to retain the users that you've acquired. I see most people very focused on the acquisition side. So, oh, okay, let's get downloads, right? As many as possible and sh share that with investors. And um, obviously the, the savvy investors and where the market is going, we're looking a lot more deeply into the retention metrics of yeah. apps, but you've kind of got like day one, day three and day seven as a general campaign windows so studies show that if a user hasn't engaged with your app within the third day of installing, they they like something like ninety five percent most likely won't. Wow, and that makes sense too if you think about you know you're excited about an app but then it drops off. Um, so depending really on the value proposition of your app, you really want to look at what those windows are and set up your triggered campaigns um, within those windows, and you can. You could send messages, you know, pretty aggressively within the first few days. And maybe now you'll start to notice that some of the savvy companies, savvier companies do that, you know, just to catch your attention right away. Yeah, I, I was actually, um, one, ex you know, crazy example that I can provide is regionally in Indiana, uh, we have a, a supermarket you know, called Kroger. I'm not sure what, how many states they're in. They might be half the country or something like that. But um, 
I noticed that when I walked into Kroger and I, you know, opened up my phone to look for something, Kroger, the app had already geolocated me as being in the store. And, and so it already messaged me, you know, and said, Hey, you know, click here, you know, to see what's on sale or whatever today for your visit. And, and I was intrigued because I had probably had the app. I used the app just to show my, you know, loyalty number. Uh (laughs) That was really the only reason why I was using it. But now since they've made that upgrade to it, every time I'm at Kroger, I wind up searching for products and I wind up doing all kinds of stuff on the app. And it's really a much deeper engagement. And that was just one little feature that they added to it. So they're basically sending you offers, um, assuming maybe no, they, they'll be able to know your preferences, right? Based on past yeah. history uh, and what's inventory they have available. Exactly. Exactly. And so, but it's, I think, I'm not sure whether they're using, you know, IP based, you know, geolocation of me or whether they're, or their mobile phone geolocation or even near field communications. But it's literally, as soon as I walk in the door and open my mobile device, it's there. Um, I I noticed Verizon did that too, that you, I drove up to a Verizon once and I opened my phone and it said, do you want to check in? (laughs) Wow. And I was like, this is fantastic, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, I, am guessing that that's obviously one little strategy that a a company can do is, you know, identify where you are, you know, what are some other strategies that, that companies are deploying to really make an app more engaging and useful? That's yeah, that's a great question and good use cases there. And it's, Fun to see personalization done right, right? And that's something you can always opt out of if you're not right. interested. But when things are, you know, based on your preferences and you're already entering the store on your on your way there, you know, why not make it the most rich experience possible? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So there's so much opportunity here, which is great. Um, and so push notifications are the most widely used engagement channel. Um, that sounds like what you got received there. And there's a lot of cool things you can do within that. Uh, you can offer rich media support. So you can include images, um, video, uh, audios, there's audio. There's a lot of ways you can make that inner, that push notification interactive. Um, and then personalizing the messaging as much as possible. So Mm. including their name, um, or uh, a specific product they viewed before, like maybe you forgot that you were actually in um, the wine area of Kroger before looking at this, uh, or, or you checked out on this specific wine, but you want to get it again or something similar. They can recommend what they have at sort of some similar, right. um, and maybe even you know before before if they and going even deeper if they see that you often regularly. Uh, go to do your weekly shopping on a Friday uh, and it seems to be a weekly thing. Maybe they'll send you an offer by email and push notification two days before with a specific preference um, or specific recommendations on previous purchase history with new items and maybe a special offer. I mean, that's, that's pretty savvy, you know? Um, And so these are the, some of the, the ways that you can, amplify and enrich in the messaging that you're sending via push notifications and in-app notifications are another strategy. So what that is, is after you've downloaded an app, um, 
you know, they can kind of be like the onboarding, onboarding screens that you get when you first join that kind of explain what you're doing there and how you can use the app. That would be an in-app message of sorts. And another example would be, you know, if you take Uber, you get those pop-ups in the app that might uh, explain a new offer that they have or something like that. Right. Um, that that's another in-app notification, and that's a way to, um, again, personalize based on their behaviors and such and drive them to do different activities in-app. Those things, both push and in-app, um, can be A-B tested, just like A-B testing is widely used in other um, marketing activities, right? So test copy, test creative, and call action. You could do, you can send campaigns to specific audiences, um, all of these things. And so there's, there's a plethora of other channels I'll just mention, but not go into detail so people are familiar. But um, out, so SMS is another channel, just text. Um, this is something that you know, has, generally has very high open rates, and you can personalize these as well. Web push and web pop-ups are starting to become more popular um, or, and or annoying, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> um, you know, the Chrome notifications that you get and any exit intents in that. So we support those as well. And then email, of course, is still a huge channel. Um, and then remarketing. So you can do things like see which of your users are really um, active and purchasing within your, within your app, if, you're, if you had their email addresses, which you would have been able to, to collect that data in your, a tool like CleverTap in your engine, if, you, uh, if they had a Facebook login or obviously logged in with their email, you can then take that segment of users that is high value, take those emails and then um, find similar lookalike audiences in Facebook based on those emails to then drive UA campaigns too. Um, oh, that's incredible. I, yeah. It's really just closing the loop is what's happening, you know? And so uh, here's a dumb question for you. Um, so, you know, to, to take this all the way back, if you're planning a mobile app development and release um, is clever tap, you know, are you, are you just adding, you know, a software developer kit, you know, basically project that enables a lot of these features? Exactly. Okay. So it's the SDK uh, that you would drop in and would need a developer on that. Sure. And there's some really simple functionality that you can get right out of the box without having to do much setup. Uh, we'd like to say within 30 minutes and it's all. Wow. Over. Yeah. It's really great because we know that there's a lot of people just getting started and it's overwhelming. You have a lot of different tools to set it, to put in. So with that, we have um, a few lines of code you can drop in, and then we have some, some templates, we call them clever campaigns, that are already pre-built for you. So you can get started with that, and that's things like, um, okay, it looks like this group of users, or the, you can send a, a notification to users that have been inactive within five days. Hmm. That's, a, that's a great template, um, templated you know, option. Because when you're just getting started, you don't really, you don't know what your time windows are going to be. You don't know if it seems like, I mean, you know, like the, the type of app you have, if you have a social app, you would hope that they're using it daily, right? right. Postmates type app, who knows, maybe it's once a week, something like that. Um, so you should know from your value prop, like what those windows might be or have a general idea. But when you first get started, 
using these templates can be a really nice way over the first couple of weeks to start to understand what your users are doing. And so, uh, you know, CleverTap as an organization, obviously, is a large global organization. So you're going to get, you know, new features rolled out every once in a while, as well as new integrations as well, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think it's on our partners page. We we have all types of partners. And, and another great MarTech tool you're probably familiar with is Segment. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we link up with them so you can pipe in a lot of our data. Um, again, we, we like to think of ourselves as kind of a unified, centralized yeah. data platform uh, that you can then pipe out with APIs to any of your other MarTech tools. Wow. It, it's almost a, I mean, there's got to be huge cost savings too, so that app developers don't have to develop, you know, these individual pieces of functionality themselves. Um, yeah, that's incredible. Well, um, uh, you know, can you share a use case or two of, you know, maybe someone that didn't have the capabilities, you know, and, and when they got on board CleverTap, what they were able to achieve? Yes, I would love to. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to use their name, but I like, <laughs> <laughs> but they've always been on the right track. But um, there is a food tech app. We're actually pretty strong in food tech and travel and a lot of the time-based um, uh, apps. And so there's there's a strategy that we like to call the golden window, or the it's called in the industry is mobile moment. So this is a time frame that a certain segment of users will be most likely to convert, hmm. right? So, you know, on the whole, like added to cart kind of um, conversation and abandoned cart, like when, how, how do we get them to convert and what are the time windows that they're most likely to then perform whatever action you want them to? It doesn't necessarily have to be a checkout, uh, but it's a simple example to follow. And what's really cool is um, you'll be able to, you can start to identify what those time windows are and also based on different segments. So I didn't really talk much about segmentation, but that's really the crux of what this is, this, a lot of this conversation is about too. And that, that follows, uh, precedes personalization. So you can't personalize a message until you have grouped your users into different buckets. Right? Sure, yeah demographic data based on their preferences, their actions, all of these things. Um, and again, the more advanced your tools that you use are can help you predict those segments because sometimes it can be tricky to know on your own. So back to your first question as a use case. Um, yeah, there's, there's a way that you, there's, there's an, a cool example of a, a customer that was able to um, identify what their golden window of time was and then send them, send their customers personalized message to get them to convert. So this is a food tech app um, that was, is based here in LA. And they were able to see that there was a certain group of users that was ordering um, Asian food around, say, 12.30 p.m. for their lunchtime. Mm. Um, now, they, because they had this information, kind of like what we were talking about with the Kroger example, they then sent them a push notification around the time they thought, well, I think our, our customers are going to start thinking about, uh, we see that right. they'll likely start thinking about it at 1130, right? That's when you start to get hungry. You're like, all right, what are we going to do? You know, and, and then um, within that time window, then they can send, they'll send push notifications and or email to those, that segment of users saying, um, 
hey, Doug, order from these uh, Asian restaurants in the next 45 minutes, receive 15% off. Perfect. And in that message, include their name. You heard me say that. Uh, some images of the food to whet their appetite. And uh, then, you know, if they've, they move it along the funnel and they start proceeding, that's, that's great. If they don't, uh, and they were able this actually, this, this, uh, their tool, CleverTab, was um, able to see that this golden window of time, an additional layer, was that if they added an item to cart, but they started browsing around for other food items, they have a 10-minute window uh, where they may still convert. Wow. So that's when they sent another trigger notification to offer them a free drink. And wow. Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. And uh, now we're going to cut the podcast short because I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Well, um, let's take the reverse side of the question. You know, what do you, what are you seeing is the most common mistakes that marketers make with their mobile strategies? Yeah, I think um, we've touched on a little bit like, maybe focusing too much on the user acquisition side, not setting up these campaigns and really putting time into this right away. Because if you're spending five, $10 per user to acquire, you know, right. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's think about uh, ret retention first. So that's important, not segmenting. Um, so sending out blast push notifications that are not personalized to the entire you know, user base is definitely not a good strategy. So again, set up these segments as much as you can. Um, not tracking uninstalls. This is this is something we haven't talked mm. about yet, but is a really cool strategy too. Um, you can, uh, what using certain tools will allow you to track uninstalls. Clever Taps one. Um, we can we send ghost push notifications to. Oh, um, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so they don't know, but we're able to see on a daily basis who's uninstalled because if it comes back undeliverable, they're uninstalled. Wow, how useful is that? It is because they're the most likely to come back um, and, and reinstall. And again, you have a, a short window of time to do that. So here's how you do it. If you have grabbed their email, that's the only way that you can then, right. because when they've uninstalled your app. So if you have, have, have their email, we recommend sending them an email within a very um, short time frame, ideally 24 hours, and we see success if it comes from someone internally at the company, the CEO, or something like that. We say, hey, you know, so sorry to see you go. Um, maybe here's a reason why you should come back. And also, including a little survey, if they answer it, to, to why they uninstalled, that's a really good information piece. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Oh, that's, that's a good one. I'm, I'm going to have to plug that at the beginning of this podcast so that people listen to the whole way through. That's okay, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's, let's take a step forward now. Um, I'm curious what your, because we've learned a lot, I think over the years, especially with, with mobile apps, right? I mean, the, the expense, the, um, I think a lot of companies didn't plan and they failed and spent a ton of money on them. And now when I see people go down this road of developing a mobile app, they're a lot more cautious and they're a lot more attentive to, you know, just the types of pieces of advice you're giving, you know, okay, are we, is the usability, you know, going to be okay? How are we going to, you know, onboard them? How are we going to keep them engaged? 
and it's good, right? I mean, that's, it's great that people are seeing that if you're going to make that a type of investment, you're going to have to do it. What are, what's the future of mobile marketing look like? And then, uh, and then I'd love to hear, you know, what you think the trends are there. Awesome. That's super fun to, to talk about. And it really feels like in a lot of ways, the future is almost here. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you know, we think about, Oh God, like, you know, VR, AR and all that cool stuff. And all that emerging tech is, is still 10 plus years off until it's more widely adopted. I think, um, but it's, but who knows it's accelerating quickly, but what is in the here and now is the use of AI and machine learning in our, especially in the analytics side. So exactly what we're talking about right here. And it makes sense because to think, imagine how many, how many data points are collected here, right? And our human brain, we did a really interesting study last year where we were able to see that mobile marketers are actually only using 5% of the data available to them. So just let that land. And that's even with using a tool like CleverTap in the, it without at its most basic level, without any, any of the machine learning, if you're just, or just looking at a, you know, Google analytics dashboard, for example, uh, you're tracking certain events, right? But you're not getting all the in-between information. And then your human brain is trying to identify what you should, you know, do with that, that, that available data that you're grabbing. Um, using machine learning, which we've now built in, it actually takes in the remaining 95%. So what, if I can just clarify that a little bit more for people. So, um, do you, so you know, like of what events are, right? Obviously, you yeah. know what event tracking is, right? So um, generally, you know, you don't want to, a, t- a typical mobile app might have about 250 to 500 different classes of these events. So those are like user activities, things like swiping or clicking on this, et cetera. And then they're associated characteristics or properties. Um, but actually we find that they're only, uh, that most people are only utilizing about two to 25 of those available classes of data because it's just all you can, can, um, wrap your head around. Right? Well, and, and I think marketers are always, you know, I, and it's, this isn't a matter of a marketer being intelligent or unintelligent. We have right. our own, we have our own biases and we have uh, our own experience and our own opinions of what should work and what doesn't work. And unfortunately we're almost always wrong. <laughs> I know. That's kind of a scary thought. Right? Oh man. Intuition, maybe maybe you better utilize it in other places beyond. Yeah, yeah, but that's your own personal preference. Think that's probably skewing things, right? One, the incredible opportunity about what you're talking about is now instead of a marketer being a statistician, now using a tool like this that's using machine learning and data science, now you have all of the information you need to be creative, which is ultimately what marketers should be, right? You know, we should be we should be building creative solutions. We shouldn't be trying to analyze data. You know, that's why we need tools like this. I love that point. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's like a really good positive outlook that no, our jobs are not going away. Right. And we'll be able to do a lot more and a lot quicker and be, be a lot smarter and do the things that you mentioned, like the Kroger example. And like, there was still a human brain powering with that strategy, like what should we actually do as a strategy for sure. executing it, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So machine learning and, you know, basically the, what machine learning is, is the ability for computers uh, to analyze this big data, extract information, and then it gets, it learns from it, right. And it become, becomes smarter and picks up patterns. Um, so I don't need to get into that too much, but I, I think for, unless you want me to, but I'm also <laughs> a so I can speak at a high level, but really you know, for you, for the listeners, um, it's, it's nice to know that there are tools available that can help you do this versus having to hire a full data science team right. or figure out a crunch this yourself because now there's like a lot of use, uh, use cases for having a data science team on, tool, on top of a tool like CleverTap um, with, with running all different types of um, experiments and such, right? But at, at, the, at its most basic, there, you now have a lot of power in your hands just as much as, as some other sophisticated companies. Yeah, that's, and that's, I think, really important. I mean, the, if, if people did take a deeper dive into machine learning and data science, they would see that you know, there's, a, there's literally thousands of algorithms out there that, you know, um, a hypothesis can be tested against. And then, and then, of course, as you were talking about, as the behavior of the user changes, you know, those, each of those algorithms has to be adjusted and that's where machine learning is coming in. And there's just no plausible way for, you know, the average company to be able to deploy a solution like that. Um, uh, and so collectively, you know, with you guys having 4,000 brands on board, you guys obviously can afford, you know, uh, to go through all of those processes and build in those features. So that's it. That's incredible. Um, what do you, what do you, uh, what are the trends that you're most optimistic about? Um, I, I think I'll keep it near term just so that we have something actionable to think about, um, you know, in the next year, a couple of years. Um, it's been really interesting to see the, uh, reinvention of the web to make it mobile first. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you see, um, in your landscape, but it's talked about often that, you know, how tricky mobile web is to get it right from user experience perspective um, but we're seeing that in by 2020 it's predicted that progressive web apps will replace uh, general purpose web apps by 50% so basically just wow. the web we're reinventing the web to make it mobile first which is fun for a user because then you can have that great experience um, from a get-go yeah there's there's that quote that I see online it pop up every once in a while that there are now more more smartphones than there are people with toothbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I haven't seen that. <laughs> Which is pretty scary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Use it on our social media. Okay. I that. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. But, but you're right. I, I think um, our view maybe even just a few years ago was, you know, desktop or mobile, right? And mm -hmm. we would optimize for, mobile and then we would go optimize for desktop and what's truly happening nowadays are the multi-screen and the integration between the two and passing back and forth and and uh and so it, it truly is you know becoming you know our digital brains an extension of ourselves and that yeah. that that's a far different behavior than we once you know thought we were going to to have with just a, a smartphone sitting in our pocket Totally. I like that digital brain example. I yeah. guess I was also reading that in 2020 also, um, we're going to see virtual assistants on over 3 billion devices. Wow. So that's how we're going to be. I mean, not a lot of my yeah. 
VAs really um, seem to be totally effective at this, but you know, we're getting there. So that's yeah. a couple years yeah. away. Well, I mean, I think most of us are totally dependent now on our, I don't know what I would do if, uh, in fact, I went on a, I went on a little break and, and we'll close out the podcast, but we, I went on a little break a while ago for three weeks and drove all over Utah and everything else. And there was pockets where I hit like three hours of no no cell phone coverage, you know? Oh. And yeah, yeah. And I was getting antsy and I'd, I'd sit there and check the phone every 10 minutes, you know? And, uh, and it wasn't, I, it wasn't even that I was waiting for a message or a call or anything like that. It was just literally, I just felt so unconnected. And, uh, you know, maybe in the future, in the near future, we'll appreciate those moments. <laughs> right. But right now it's still a little bit frightening, you know? And, uh, but it's incredible the way it's changed. Well, Kara, uh, where, where can, obviously people can go to clevertap.com. Uh, where else can they find you uh, online as well? Uh, or if you're speaking at an event anytime soon, you know, where can people look you up? Oh, yeah. Um, LinkedIn is probably the best to search me out. So K-A-R-A-D-A-K-E, nice and short name. Um, yep. And I will be speaking at App Growth Summit in New York on September 20th. And um, check that out. That's online. And then also at App Growth Summit in San Francisco in October um, and late October, I believe it's the 25th. And uh, lots probably more coming up. So it's conference season. Make sure you check in, you know, coming up this fall. So it'll be a lot of great activity to, to learn more about the mobile space. Yeah, fantastic. I will, uh, for everybody listening, obviously I'll put a, a link to um, to Clevertap. Um, Kara's profile will have a link to her on LinkedIn. And then I also found the appgrowthsummit.com site. Uh, and they are invite only events, but I'll, I'll still put a link up there for people to look those up. Uh, Kara, sure. yeah. thanks so much for spending time with us today. This is, this is really just critical information for people to have and, and appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.